0: This is the Rip Griffin Show podcast, a baseball podcast for baseball fans of all ages. Now, here's your host, Rip Griffin.
1: Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Rip Griffin Show, episode number 54. Tonight, I've got my co-host with me, Brad Chandler. Brad, what's going on, man? Hey, bro, how you doing? Pretty good, man. Hey, we got a different format tonight, which is going to be kind of exciting for us to, jump, to dive into. So we're going to do... Uh, we're both reference Seattle Mariners. Yeah. Because so, there, there's a theme tonight for tonight's episode. We're going to dive into King Griffin Jr. We're going to dive into the Seattle Mariners. We're going to dive into some other things as well. And it's exciting to kind of talk about because he just had his birthday on uh, Saturday, the 21st. Yeah. The kid is 51. 51 years old. And he... Doesn't look it, to be quite honest. <laughs> he
0: still looks the same, in my opinion. Like, I'm pretty pretty shocked to know that it's 51, dude.
1: It, it's really amazing. I mean, you know, uh, that's why they call him the kid, because he's he doesn't age. He, he still has, like, he can still go out there and, you know, rake it with the best of these guys in the major leagues. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the,
0: the kid, he... he What year was he? He was 94. He was on pace to uh, beat Roger Maris and before the before the strike even happened. So he had 40 homers by the time that strike started. So, I mean, could you imagine what he would have been able to do
1: with an extra like two months? It's it's amazing. He would have eclipsed his career. Record, which was back in '97 and '98, where he hit 56 home runs, oh my he easily God. would have would have surpassed that. He would have, like you mentioned, he would have double. I I don't want to say doubled Roger Maris, but he definitely would have probably, you know, 65, 67 home runs. I uh,
0: imagine if it was broken before, you know, Sammy Sosa or Mark McGuire had their little steroid band, uh, you know, thing with that they were doing. You know, I mean. He, he, you got to think, like, the kid was really the the premier athlete
1: at that time. Oh, absolutely. He was by far one of the best at the game, especially in his position at center field. I mean, because 10 Gloves over a season of – actually over a career of, you know, 22 years he played in the major leagues. So – he was one of the best, if not the best center fielder. And that's kind of hard to compare, especially when you have guys like Willie Mays.
0: Right. I mean, come on. The guy had 13. He was the 13 time all-star. He was the American league MVP in 97. He won 10 consecutive gold glove awards from 1990 to 99. Uh, And that swing, my God, man, like it People still talk about it today. I know. I know it's been a while since he's been. You know, he he, he last played in 2010 um, for the Mariners. But like seeing some of his his videos nowadays, it's like he literally had the sexiest swing. Oh, he I had he had like one of the greatest swings. Like I don't know, like. I don't know. I have like a crush
1: on that swing. <laughs> uh d- don't tell your girlfriend that. <laughs> but no, but you're absolutely right. I mean, that But
0: but like here he had he was the Silver Slugger award winner 7 times. I uh, he was the he was the American League home run leader in 94 and then he was from 97 to 99. Like how crazy is that?
1: It, it it's insane. I mean, those numbers if it would happen in today's era, there would be question marks behind it because of the the PED thing, you know, like you mentioned between Maguire and Sosa and, and those guys that bonds even, for example. So if you hear about those type of numbers today, uh, people are going to speculate. And he was probably the the most true, most fluid batter with that swing like you mentioned. And... You know, it's one of those, you can see it over and over again and just, you know, not be amazed.
0: I I was just watching some replays of some of his, uh, his at bats and I could sit there and literally just watch it over and over again.
1: So, oh, absolutely. You know, as a kid, I tried to actually try to emulate that swing. Good luck. (laughs) especially i i tried emulating it and i'm a righty and i i
0: was like you know what let me try this switch hitting thing and man it was so it was so bad
1: it was it, it as easy as it looks on film it's actually i mean a lot difficult and he kind of had you know the the, the quick whip around it, it just he would sit there and drop the bat and kind of watch the ball and boom you know he's around the bases and it doesn't get any better than that. It's that is your old school, typical, you know, power slugging swing,
0: right? So, <clears throat> so like you said earlier, uh, we're doing a little, uh, we're doing something a little different. Um, we're trying a different. Um, feature here so we're going to start off talking about ken griffey jr like we have then we're going to get into some baseball news and then we're going to end it off with some seattle mariners news so with that being said let's start off like so in 1990 um you've got some news that happened in 90 with ken griffey jr
1: yeah so back in 1990 he is probably the, he's the only player that actually played with his dad on the same team. But they were both playing for the Seattle Mayors at that time. So his dad, King Griffey senior was around age 40 when he was kind of ending the end of his career. King Griffey Jr. is coming into his career. Uh, he was uh, actually it was in his second year, but there was a game back in 1990 against the then California angels, August 31st, 1990. August thirty first, nineteen ninety, King Griffey Junior. King <coughs> Griffey Senior. I'm gonna just I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna go Senior Junior. That way we don't get the mixed up here. Actually, I'm pretty sure it went Senior Junior too. It, it did. So Senior steps up first, and of course he hits a solo home run. Yeah, you dude know, does his trot around the bases. Junior comes up, tries to. You know, I don't know if you want to say he one tries to one up his dad, but. Uh, <laughs> He does the same thing. It almost, it, it, did you have you seen the video
0: recently? I have, and it's almost in the same spot too. It's,
1: it's very, it's very crazy. Opposite field, left center field, right, and, and it's just you know, you can't help but you know, Junior smiling around the bases like, uh-huh, yeah, Dad, I got you.
0: <laughs> right, I think. Uh, One thing I think that was uh, really cool and doing some research on this is the fact that, you know, um, junior and senior, they both uh, were the first to be father, son in the, in the MLB, but they didn't do it just one game. They played 51 games before senior ended up retiring.
1: That's amazing. That really is amazing. Uh, You know, (coughs) as a kid, you know, and you're coming up and you're you've been around the clubhouse you've been around you know, major league players all your life and to be able to to have that moment with your your dad on the same team in the same game your back-to-back home runs and then also to play an additional 50 games with each other it's truly remarkable and we don't see that here in our age because a lot of the players that we grew up watching are retired and you know their kids are coming into the mix now but it's truly something you know fascinating it's probably a once in a lifetime opportunity for those two obviously but uh it's still exciting to be able to play with your dad and actually share the outfit with them as well
0: yeah i mean there's there's no other better feeling having that bond with your father and I'm pretty sure that that's how Ken Griffey Jr. ended up making like that impact in baseball because of his father. He had the he was around the clubhouses and whatnot with his dad uh, throughout his career. And uh, you know, another thing that I found funny um, with uh, Ken Griffey Jr. and actually Senior, their first name isn't Ken.
1: No, I, you know what? I did not even research that to be honest, but
0: you know, what threw me off about that. And I didn't even have to actually do the research on this. I went to the hall of fame last year and I, I'm looking for Ken Griffey jr's plaque and I see George Griffey jr. And I'm like, who is, wait, is that his name? George? Why, why is he going by Ken? So Ken is his middle name.
1: Wow. Okay. I did not know that. So definitely learned something this <laughs> evening, but uh, I mean, a lot of players they, they do tend to you know kind of change their, their name into a surname or something to kind of give it more of that baseball name, you know, that well well look at Mookie Betts. His name's not Mookie, it's Marcus. Mookie
0: sounds cooler. No, it does, but I'm just saying, like, his his name's not Mookie. Right. I remember the first time I found out his name wasn't actually Mookie. I was like, wait a minute, what? Who is his that? His name's guy? Marcus? Right. <laughs>
1: Ah, uh, who is that guy? But, you know, uh, kind of wrapping up here on King Griffey Jr. real quick. He played for three teams. Do you know who the third team was? Chicago White Sox. I did not know that until I researched that.
0: I I knew that, but, like, it kind of, like, slipped my mind until I started looking it up. Um, I knew he played for the Mariners, obviously. Uh, he also played for the Reds. And then when I saw that he played for Chicago White Sox, I was like, Really? And it's almost like finding, like remembering that uh, Frank Thomas played for the Blue Jays. Wow, I did not know that either. And and like Frank Thomas played for the Blue Jays, Randy Johnson played for the Astros. You know, I I knew you would know that, but (laughs) I'm just saying, it's like you you don't you don't think about that stuff. It's like wow, these. He played for the Chicago White Sox. I'm pretty sure that was like the last thing he really wanted to do was play for the White Sox. No offense to the White Sox uh, fans out there, but um, th- there w- there was a couple little things that I wanted to add with uh, um, like some tidbits on Ken Griffey Jr. So he is the only person to hit the warehouse Right. And right field and Baltimore. Now, I don't know. If, did you know that you've looked that yeah. up? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that was pretty cool to find out. He's the only person to hit the warehouse out in Baltimore at Camden Yards. Um, The other thing that I actually think is amazing is the fact that in, what was it, 1995, Ken Griffey Jr. had a little thing against the Yankees. Um, They were playing in the ALDS, and his team was down. They ended up coming back, and there was a thing where Ken Griffey Jr. was asked if he would ever play for the Yankees, and he said, if the Yankees were the last team to offer me a contract, I would retire. As a Red Sox fan, that just tells me that we actually had a chance we had a chance, and yeah. we just blew it. We didn't do it.
1: Every every other team was probably kicking themselves because the opportunity was there to actually have him, and they feared that they probably couldn't do it because you know he wouldn't consider them at all. But in reality, he probably would have as long as it wasn't the Yankees.
0: Right. I mean, that that was fun to watch or uh, find out.
1: So I got one little tidbit of. of- of fun fact, see if you know. So King Griffey Jr. has the second most hits among left field left f- fielders. Born on eleven twenty one, he was born in Donora, Pennsylvania. Do you know who the first person was? No, I'm not even gonna. <laughs> that's that's a. Tell me, Stan Musil. Oh wow! Wow, yes. That's a little strange that they have
0: that little. A little, little thing fu- in
1: common. A little fun fact there to kind of end the segment on Ken Griffey Jr. So right, right.
0: <laughs> so i I think that that was fun. Um, that was fun. Yeah, it was cool to it was cool to get something out there, and uh, we learned a little bit about Ken Griffey Jr. So uh, there has been some news uh, out in... Um. Nolan Arenado seems to be like it
1: seems that he's going to be on the trading block. It, it's interesting because this seems to be the topic every offseason with Nolan Arenado. Uh, he's come out publicly and voiced his unhappiness uh, with Colorado and the organization and how it has been conducting things, and you know. I can kind of understand his situation because, you know, he's a guy. He was drafted in the second round back in 2019 out of Arizona State. He was called up in 2013. But since then, he has been Mr. Consistent every year. He's been uh, a five-time All-Star. Eight gold gloves since he's been called up. How many platinum gloves? Four. Four. That's crazy. <laughs> so you know, I can understand. You know, he's he's doing everything that he's supposed to as a player of that organization, as a third baseman for that organization. But the Rockies are—I I don't know—it's
0: uh, ownership. They're not willing to pay the mo- uh, put the money into building around him, and exactly. that's that's the biggest problem that they're having. This with Nolan Arenado, uh, I believe it was last year the beginning of spring training last year, there was problems already brewing uh, right. between him and the vice president. I want to say, I- I'm not hundred percent sure on that one, but uh, someone in management was talking about possibly trading him. And he's like, dude, I just signed a eight year extension with you guys for $260 million. Like what's going on. And first of all, like, you also got to remember that he has a his his contract was for eight years, but it had a full no trade clause. Right. So if there was any possibility that he was going to get traded, he had to be okay with it. He had right. to sign off on it. Now the f- one thing that I find kind of fascinating about his eight year contract is the fact that they put an opt out so close and and there. So after like next year, he's able. The player has an opt out. Right. Not the team.
1: Right. So after the 2021 season, he can opt out and he would still have 164 million remaining on that contract that he signed the extension to.
0: Right. And so now there's talks about you know, he wants to he wants to be on a contender. I mean, which you can't really blame the guy. I mean, every everybody wants to be on a contending team. You know, you don't want to be in a, a garbage team your entire career. Right. And so now the rumors started swirling about how uh, the the Dodgers were are interested in Nolan Arenado. Now I don't know if you if you've heard today. I just found out um, earlier today that the Cardinals are, are also interested.
1: Oh, okay. No, I, I hadn't heard that. I knew the Dodgers were, at least from the weekend, were the team that were was were possibly in the mix to trade for him but we got a new suitor i think weren't the cardinals the team the last year that were in kind of in the running for his services
0: i believe so um i'd
1: have to double check on that to make sure Uh, but 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 anyways let's talk about the dodgers for a second because they're coming off a world series in 2020 they signed mookie Betts to that long-term deal so I kind of did some numbers and they, now we know that the possibility of Justin Turner, not returning to the Dodgers is probably becoming more and more clear. Right. Simply because he's age 36, I believe. Or so. and he's up there in age. Yeah. He, he, he's up there in age. So the Dodgers are going to be shopping for a third baseman soon. Uh, they've got some, some guys in the farm system that would probably be ready to contribute in the next couple of years. But, you know, they want to continue that streak and that contention in the West, winning the West, and also, you know, defending the World Series title. And Arenado is probably the best third baseman on the market. I wouldn't say on the market because he's not officially on the market. But the Dodgers would have to do some major, major lineup and and financial rearranges to... Sign him because right now they have a payroll of 170 million. Now we all know that the threshold for the 2021 luxury tax is 210 million. Right. So if you look at it this way, after they have made all their the 40 man roster updates, you know you've got benefits, you've got your minor league salaries. It comes out to 192 million. So that gives them around 17 million to play with this off season for, for any type of, of you know free agent or trade acquisitions
0: now do the minor leagues actually does that affect the um the the tax threshold like for the for the major league team
1: it does it counts about oh, okay. it counts toward about 2 million 2.5 i think okay so it does add into that that tax threshold so here are some other things the dodgers are still paying a salary to, for the trade that they made uh, to the twins that sent Quinta Maria, to the twins that's five hundred sixty four thousand, so they still have that. Five hundred what? Five hundred sixty four thousand. Oh, okay, that's like pennies to them. Yeah, so, but yeah, it, it's it's, <laughs> yeah, it's still, it's still. It's
0: still and you, you also got to make, You got to remember, like they can go over the threshold.
1: Right, <clears throat> right. They can't, and they'll just have to pay. You know, an additional. Uh, additional fee or tax or whatever to you know the other teams or whatnot. But right. it's free money for other teams if they go over. But they're also still paying a deferred salary to, to Scott Cashmere. So it's, I mean, there's still about $8 million left on that. But, I mean, it's probably, you know, a million or so that they're paying him every year. But...
0: The crazy. I yeah. hate the do- I hate that whole like deferred
1: money thing. You know, it, it kind of I I've, I'm kind of like with it for players. I think if if they want to be able to help their club compete, and yet still get money after they're done playing, it kind of makes sense. I mean, you look at you know Christian uh, Yelich, Bobby Bonilla for awesome. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's like the king of deferred money. You know, the guys still get a million dollars for another 10 more years. Yeah, yeah. every <laughs> July
0: 1st or whatever it is. I just found out that Manny Ramirez is still getting paid by the Red Sox. I saw something about th- like that. I think he gets like $2 million a year.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's insane for these guys to still collect a paycheck. But, I mean, it works out in their benefit <laughs> because they can sit at home and, you know, Eat bonbons or do whatever they want to do, but they still get a check. Here,
0: Manny Ramirez, not he's not sitting home. He's over in Australia playing baseball.
1: He can. I, I'm surprised. I don't know what he's like in his forties now, or uh, how old oh, is man. he? Because I mean, he can. I, I he's got to be in his fifties, really. Okay, I guess. Yeah, if he stopped playing what 20 years ago, so yeah, that would probably make sense. Roughly 48. Okay. Yeah. So he's still in his 40s, and he, and he can still, you know. He plays for the Sydney Blue Sox. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Well, it's still. I mean, hey, if you still, if you still like, feel like you can play, then by all means, go for it. But
0: it's Manny Ramirez, man. He just, he can sit there. He can stand in the left field for. A, and for- Nobody would care.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I mean, kind of going back to the Dodgers real quick. To, in order for them to sign our trade for, for Nolan Ari- for Arenado, it's going to be really hard, to be honest, because you've got $17 million in cap room that if you are trying to stay under the luxury tax, it's going to be difficult. And I don't see them doing
0: it. I mean. I don't think that they care about staying under the – the tax and that threshold. Yeah, I mean, they, they just won a World Series. So they're probably thinking, you know, 2021 World Series are bust because everybody's sitting here thinking, you know, oh, you won it in a 60 game uh, season. You win it in a 162 game season now. Right. You know, so they're trying to like throw all their chips into it.
1: Oh yeah, and they've been trying to do that for the last eight years or so. I mean, still trying to get over that hurdle, which they finally did. But you know, yeah. Well, I mean, you, you've you've uh, they've won the division the last seven years, I believe, eight years. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, sixty game season. I mean, granted, they had the same uh, the same chance everybody else did, but like. 162 game season is a lot different. I'm not saying that they're not champions or anything like that. I just, I kind of view it a little bit different. I'm not saying that it should be, should have like an asterisk next to their, their World Series championship. I'm just saying that it, I view it a little bit differently. And I'm pretty sure that a lot of other people out there are going to view it the uh, view it the same way. Right. No, yeah. I mean... 162 games, man. You have the opportunity to get hurt. Um, like Kershaw, Kershaw could have gotten hurt in that 162 games, you know. Who knows what could have happened? Mookie Betts could have ran into a wall. Cody Bellinger, look at that. He had to he had to go get surgery this offseason on his shoulder. So though it is it was the championship, they won it fair and square. Congratulations to the Dodgers. Right. But I want I really do want to see them do it in a hundred and sixty-two game season.
1: I think we all do, to be honest. I think, uh, you know, like you mentioned, sixty games is in a COVID year is something you know it's it's especially you know in a bubble system and all that 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 took place. But you know, one hundred sixty-two games with, with Kershaw, with with Betts, um, Corey Seager, you know, guys like that that can still bring um, make an impact on that lineup. So. Yeah, 162 games, games, um, but you uh, really can't count the Dodgers uh, to make, you know, whatever types of moves. I I think they want to try to compete with, you know, the Yankees and get back into the winning World Series traditions that they were so accustomed to back in the, you know, the 80s and 70s and whatnot. So, but, uh, I mean... You know Magic Johnson and, and his group. We never know what's going to happen with them.
0: No, and I feel and I feel like if they add Nolan Arenado, it's basically just cheating. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you might as well just give them the it, it, that piece of metal.
1: Oh, uh, don't uh, that still that still irritates me when it's called that every time. Uh, thanks to our our lovely friend, I won't say his name, but. But man, let's see what we'll see. What happens? We'll see if the Dodgers are able to. Work
0: I'm, out a deal. I'm hoping that that's the the case. Is that he doesn't? I th- I hope it's just a rumor or whatever. I I'd like to see Nolan Arenado stay with the Rockies. Um, I mean, granted, he deserves to be on a championship team or even a t- team that you know has that chance to be in the playoffs. The Rockies.
1: I mean. Boy. You know, they they didn't do anything in the offseason last year. I mean, they never do, though. And, and that's the thing. I think that's probably what frustrates Arenado the most is because they don't do anything. Ownership is content with the lineup that they have that can go out there and try to win them a championship. But I really think that you're going to have to have more key pieces to – get over that hurdle. Yes, they were in the World Series back in, what, 2007? Against your Red Sox, right? They didn't win. No, no, but they... Oh, I thought you
0: said... uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but they played. Yeah, and the Red Sox spanked the hell out of them.
1: Yeah, so that's the last time they've been to a World Series. And, you know, they've been in the playoffs here and there, but I think if you want to make your your player that's uh, you know, making the most money on the payroll. You want to try to build your team around him. And, you know, I hope they do something. I hope they're able to kind of,
0: they're going to end up trading him somehow. They're going to end up screwing this up. It's, it's literally going to be the Rockies way. And what's going to end up happening is if he goes wherever else, the whole Mookie bets being traded by the Boston Red Sox won't be the, um, the dumbest thing uh, a team has done in recent years. It's literally going to be like, I can't believe that you guys couldn't keep it together. Um, Like the ownership management, upper management, the front office, whatever they, they, they're making it. So he's not happy. Right. Exactly. And And he, he, he signed an eight year extension. He didn't want to have an opt out. He wanted to, he wanted to play his career there. And they basically like forced him for that opt out.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and Colorado is a a place where it, it's a hitter's ballpark, absolutely. And that ballpark plays perfectly to to his style of play. And it only makes sense for the for the Rockies to go out and try to get another key piece. Just kind of looking at their payroll real quick. I mean, if you look at everything. That we kind of mentioned with the other ball clubs they have about 167 million that is on their payroll so that leaves them about 42 million to go out and actually bring in some key pieces whether it be pitching another bat uh bullpen help whatever it might be to get them over the the hump they've got the money to do it
0: i thought the one cool thing that the rockies did do this past off season was is they brought uh daniel barden that was pretty cool on my uh, my opinion is, you know, being a Red Sox fan and seeing Daniel Bard come back after, what was it, 13 years or something, something? Not 13, but like eight years, I think it was. I think the last time he had pitched in a professional game was like 2012 or 2013 or something like that.
1: Okay. Now I know who you're talking about. I had to think there for a second. But then, yeah, I know he was out of baseball for such a, a long period of time. And then they gave him the opportunity and he came back and made the team. Yeah, so. they gave him a minor league contract. So, so that was I, pretty cool. That was pretty cool. So I hope the Rockies are able to, you know, get into the the off and kind of make some moves to, to keep your 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 key players happy and to keep your fans happy as well. So we'll see what happens. We'll see. Maybe the Rockies will yeah. kind of change it up. So, but man, uh, so with fun. the
0: so with the new format, we're going to end the show, um, talking about some Seattle Mariners um legends so uh who do you want to talk about first you want to talk about randy johnson you want to talk about edgar martinez you want to talk about ichiro you want to talk about a rod you want to talk about felix hernandez You let's go man man
1: we can we can go anywhere in any direction uh,
0: i would i would definitely love to talk about a rod when he was with the uh with the mariners
1: <laughs> so I want to touch on this thing with the Mayors real quick because they are the only team. Oh, you had to go there. At, <laughs> it, it's But it, it's important because, I mean, they are the only team that has not been to a World Series. And, yep. the, and the players that, that you mentioned, you know, the A-Rods, the each Rose, the Randy Johnsons. I mean, they had those key The Griffys. Players, Griffys. Uh, it's hard to not forget about Griffy Griffey because we just you know, he was our, our our segment at the beginning of the show. But I mean the the Mariners are a team that you know let's look at each row for a second. You know, uh, during his time back in two thousand one, he had a three fifty batting average. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No he did. Really? Right. He did. He had a he had a, he, he had a 350 batting average in 2001. Remember Brett Boone? Yep. Batted 331 had 37 <clears throat> homers that year. And then, you know, you've got guys like John Olerud who was on that team. Uh, Edgar Martinez, I actually saw Edgar Martinez play back in 2003. And that's kind of one of those prime examples of why the DH is so significant is because he was up there in age, kind of around age 40 or so, I think, kind of in the end of his career. And I remember seeing him just kind of casually hit a ball dead to deep center field, and it looked like it was going to get caught right at the wall, but that ball just kind of just kept carrying just a little bit It went right over and for a home run. But, I mean, that's kind of you – know, He's probably the prime example of why the DH is so important.
0: You know what's so great about Edgar Martinez? He was born in New York City.
1: Really?
0: Yeah, he was born in New York City. He spent his entire career with the Mariners. He played from 1987 till 2004 for the Mariners. And you know what else is cool about that? His career batting average do you know what that is?
1: I had it and then I lost it. But go ahead, tell me what it is. 312. Wow. That's a career. That is a career. That that is, you know, he was he's one of those that gosh, you would you knew what you were getting when Lou Panella made that lineup. You knew what kind of batter he was. What you what you were going to expect. And, you can slide him in any part of the road, of the lineup, you know, one through three, four, five, and six. I mean, he kind of, towards the end of his career, was kind of, you know, around the eight hole, nine hole. But anyways, I mean.
0: But you, if you have a guy that's, his career is 312, you put him wherever. Exactly. But he also, I mean, like, he didn't have a, a crap load of home runs. I mean, in that span from 87 to 2004, he only hit
1: 309 home runs. Yeah. In today's game, that would be something that you kind of would scratch your head about as not being productive. But at that era, I mean, that's still something for his age and everything, too.
0: Yeah, he, he was he was good. He was definitely good. Now, the other thing, like, uh, you've got... Like I said, I want I wanted to talk about A-Rod because I absolutely loved A-Rod when he played for the Mariners. Um, he was by far one of my favorite shortstops. I still think that when he moved to the – when he played for the Yankees, I not so much as a classy move, but I think it was good on him for, like, you know, I'll play third base instead of, you know – telling uh Derek Jeter that he needs to move oh absolutely I, <laughs> I, I I think that he had the better arm
1: oh yeah and Derek Jeter was was entering his prime it's as, as a phenomenal shortstop and but you also don't ask the captain to move <laughs> exactly exactly uh Jeter had commanded that team yep a, a- rod knew it he respected it <clears throat> yep you know, said hey I'll play third base and you know the rest is history you know he did the have-
0: other there was another thing that Arod did that I I I liked a lot of people were like oh he was made to do that and I don't care if he was made to do it or not but there was an all-star game that he was the all-star shortstop and he was like nah this is Cal Ripken Jr's spot and I'm going to play third base and have Cal go over here and play shortstop and that's what happened. I thought that was pretty cool. I agree. Uh,
1: I mean, Cal Ripken, I mean, the Iron Man. you know. But that just goes to show you how much respect that Alex Rodriguez had for the game and for those that had come before him in that position. Uh, maybe today we hopefully would see something like that. But to give up your position and to do it with such class at an all-star game, it, it just, it, it made perfect sense at that time. You know, it, it was, it was fitting. It was picturesque. It was such an iconic moment, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but like I said, uh, Alex Rodriguez definitely respected the those that had come before him.
0: Yeah. It, before he ended up becoming that snotty, um, person when he when he was with the Yankees I think or actually not even with the Yankees it was with with the Rangers it was when he signed that huge deal with them he was just like I'm better than everybody kind of yeah. you
1: know I I enjoyed uh watching him play so I unfortunately did not get the opportunity to watch him play live I never watched him play live yeah. I actually no I did watch him play live I
0: watched him in 2013 um, with the Yankees, they were playing uh, up at Fenway.
1: Okay, very nice. Yeah. I was-
0: so i I had a sign that said that A Rod sits to pee. <laughs> 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 it, was, <laughs> it was. also the last appearance that Mariano Rivera made at Fenway. Okay. And I, it was my dad's birthday present. So. And oh. the
1: and the Red Sox spanked him. Oh, uh, but was fitting all the way around. Yep <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't know how we can go, move forward from that now.
0: Um. So let's go ahead and talk about uh, the two pitchers. Um. We got Felix Hernandez. I let's let's end off on on the big unit. All right.
1: Okay. Let's so
0: it. we got we got Felix Hernandez, who is known as the king. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's he's the king. Of uh, Seattle uh, He played with Seattle From 2005 to 2019 He had a Win-loss record of 169 And and 136 And he had An ERA, career ERA Of 342 He had Over 2500 uh, Strikeouts um, He had Six All-Stars uh he was the American League Cy Young award winner uh he was the MLB wins leader so that's not just American League or National League that's MLB altogether and he was also the uh, a two-time American League ERA leader he also pitched a perfect game on August 15th 2012 and And if uh, you don't know what an Immaculate Inning is, I'll let Rip explain that to you on June 17th, 2008. I know what it is, but I'm just getting you involved here. <laughs> so why don't you explain to the to the fine folks out there what an Immaculate Inning is?
1: Oh, you're going to put me on the spot, man. Oh, you didn't know it off
0: the top of your head? No. Uh, so an Immaculate Inning is where you throw nine pitches and okay. you
1: strike out at each batter. Okay, so he went he went he went 3 up, 3 down, 3 strikeouts, 9 pitches. Yep. Okay. That's an immaculate inning. I thought you knew that. Sorry well, to
0: put you on the spot there, bro. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh this this is kind of embarrassing now. So uh, my baseball IQ went down.
0: Nah, uh, dude, it's uh, it's fine, man. You learn something so, new every day.
1: Yeah, so that's true. But I mean, you know, given his uh, his pitching style and the way he kind of Uh, The city of Seattle just kind of embraced him when he left to go to Atlanta. Uh, I'm sure it was hard for him. Who he actually never actually pitched for. Right. But just hearing that he's in a different uniform. It's weird. It's like hearing that Ken Griffey Jr. was a Chicago White Sox. Right. Exactly. It's it's. You get so accustomed to, to hearing these players, you know, and you know a lot of times, you know, players don't spend their entire career with one team um, unless you're Griffey, you know. Uh, well, no, sorry, not Griffey. Um, you know, uh, Chipper Jones, we'll he's he was one that played his yep. entire career with his yep. uh, with one team, but still, um, you, you get so accustomed to these guys and. Them and the gonna uniform, it's just it's just weird for them to be somewhere else. But just kind of going back to his career with Seattle was nothing more, nothing short of impressive. Um, yeah. I think he's on the fast track to to Hall of Fame, um, and that's just my opinion. Some may agree, some may not, but but still, I mean. Uh, Felix Hernandez, he, he's the king for a reason. And it his, his play and his pitching style shows.
0: Yeah, I mean I'm hoping that he, he has a good season. Uh or he comes back next year, he has a good season. Um I keep forgetting, uh, like all year, I've been talking about or off season, I've been talking about how like the Red Sox need pitching and whatnot. I'm not saying that they need to go ahead and like check him out and you know sign him or whatever. He's not going to be that person that's going to um, have them go over the hump, but I mean, like th- that might be a person that they they could take interest in, you
1: know. So it would be it would definitely be interesting to see him in a Red Sox uniform pitching in Fenway. I mean, nothing is out of the ordinary. You know, we look at-
0: well, with our with our uh, chief of baseball operations, I mean, they're talking about how they're interested in signing or interested in J. A. Happ. So I don't really want to talk about that. I'm a little <laughs> irritated there. So <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm talking about a lefty. Uh, let's you know, you have anything else on uh, the king?
1: No, I think we touched on all of his his career stats. I mean, he's a 15 year v- veteran. You know, uh, you know, you mentioned his career ERA is a three point four two, and 419 games. I mean, you know, definitely impressive numbers over a span of 15 years.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the next guy has an even more
1: impressive uh, uh, stats. Right, so uh, we'll close with the uh, with the big unit, Randy Johnson. You know, uh, he was six foot ten, two hundred twenty five pounds. <laughs> that could uh, that made John Crook, you know, quiver in the batter's box. Who
0: I couldn't imagine sitting in the batter's box watching <laughs> him freaking throwing a ball. I it probably even today. It's like I probably could. <clears throat> not thanks. Nah, I'm good.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Uh, you know, Ray Johnson, he's a 300-game 300 winner. 303 wins, 166 losses, a career ERA, 3.29. And over a span of, you know, 22 years, it seems like that's... Can you uh,
0: believe he pitched 22 years and he was a... Uh, yeah,
1: 22 it, years.
0: He, he played for six different teams? I did not realize he pitched for the Giants. I him up. Um, I want to say it was a, a few months back. I, I don't know what it was. Oh, I remember what it was. Somebody was talking about like Garrett Cole. It was in the 2019 World Series. They were talking about Garrett Cole and who who from the Houston Astros like passed um, which pitchers he would be, and like they had Roger Clemens. They had the uh, the unit uh, the big unit. And I was just like, wait a minute, he pitched for the Astros? I didn't know that.
1: He did. He was a rental.
0: Oh, yeah, I can definitely see that. Because he only he, he played with the Seattle Mariners in ninety eight, and it says uh 98 for the Astros.
1: Right. That was the year they went. I think they got to the you NODs. Know, I think they lost. I have to go back and look. I should know that. But, um, yeah, they brought him in as a rental to try to get over. They won the Central Division. Now, they were in the National League at that time. So, right. um, But, yeah, they did bring him in to try to, to get to the postseason, get to the World Series. Uh, unfortunately, they weren't able to do it, and he left abruptly after the season ended and went to Arizona. Arizona. Where he found he, success,
0: he he ended up on one of the best pitching staffs. Uh, it was between him and Curt Schilling, basically like the two, the two aces, and they ended up beating the Yankees in two thousand one. But he, the other thing that I didn't realize, um, I I did know this before today, but. Back in uh, 88 and 89, he was a Montreal Expo. Yes, he was drafted by the
1: Expos. Yeah. That's amazing to for that. I mean, because you don't really, I don't want to say key players, but uh, you kind of forget about the Expos until you see somebody who's actually drafted by them. Back in the '80s or you know '90s or whatever, but yeah, he was actually drafted by the Matra Expos. uh, Played, looks like he played two seasons with the Expos before going to Seattle. He didn't even play a full season.
0: um, That second season, he he was traded on May 25th of '89.
1: Okay, there it is, uh, right there. The two teams. Okay. And then he went on to have a stellar career with the Mariners. You know, before he left the Mariners in 98 and 97, he won 20 games. He also had a win loss record of an 8.33, which is a 20 and 4 record. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> in 2000. 2000- In 2008, at age 38, won 24 games with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Went 24 and (laughs) 5.
0: So, career highlights and his awards. Check this out. He's got 10 All-Star games. He's a World Series champion 2001 with the Diamondbacks. It's so so weird to know that he was the he only won one World Series and he he also pitched for the New York Yankees. So that's kind of, you know, weird. That is weird. Uh, he he's a five-time Cy Young Award winner. Uh, he won the World Series MVP in 2001. He won the Triple Crown in 2002. Now that's as a pitcher. You don't see that too often. Uh, he was a four-time ERA leader. He was a nine-time strikeout leader, which that's insane. Uh, he pitched a perfect game on May 18th, 2004. Um, that against was for the
1: against the Atlanta Braves.
0: Okay. And then he pitched a no-hitter on June 2nd in 1990.
1: Very stellar career stats from the big unit.
0: And also, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2015. He had 97.3% first ballot votes.
1: Gosh. That's amazing. That truly is amazing to get that many votes. Uh, You know, I'm Guys, you can think of Derek Tudor who got the unanimous vote, you know, just passed well, he was inducted this year. But
0: he, he, uh, Mariano Rivera got he, unanimous.
1: Oh, that's right. The, there's one person. That there's spun. that
0: one, there's that one asshole who is just like, nah, nah. I still want to know who that was. <laughs> Nobody's ever going to say it because they know that. It, it, You know what it is? It was that guy's wife or girlfriend at one point came home with a basket. And that's that was Derek Jeter's things. He would he would send the ladies home with the gift basket. So before we end up going, I know that I I said the Randy Johnson um his induction in 2015 uh was a 97.3% first ballot vote but um the guy that we started off talking about uh there's two things that I forgot to bring up uh, before we in- actually end up the show end the show today um the the kid was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2016 with 99.32% first ballot votes wow so that's basic. That's basically saying that one person, that there was one person who's just like you know, nah, nah, he doesn't deserve it. Which
1: one person to ruin it all? <laughs> right. So, and if you're a perfectionist, you know, it probably would irritate you that you didn't get that one
0: vote. Right. Uh, so um, the other thing that I really wanted to uh, point out with Ken Griffey Jr. is the fact that. Um, now, everybody knows that I believe it's April 15th is Jackie Robinson Day. Yes. J- Junior was the one that was behind all of that. He started wearing the number 42 uh, to celebrate Jackie Robinson. And then he he went up to C-League, Bud Selig and he was like, you know, we need to do this. And so they ended up retiring uh, Jackie Robinson's number throughout all of the, all of the teams. And at that point in time, uh, I believe there was only, I think there might've been two players at the time that were wearing the number 42. But I know the last person to wear the number 42 as their own number was Mariano Rivera and he was grandfathered in. So every year when the players end up wearing the number 42 it's thanks to ken griffey jr to showing you know tribute to jackie robinson and i think that's pretty cool i
1: i agree 100 percent. i think you know jack uh, jackie robinson paid the paid the wave paved the way hold on let me get he paved the way paved the way (laughs) <laughs> okay. paved the way for guys like King Griffey Jr. to have success in baseball and that uh, is truly remarkable for Griffey to go and make that gesture just to to honor Jackie Robinson. Truly phenomenal.
0: Yeah, and uh, I loved it. I, I love everything that I found out about him. Uh, there's other tidbit things that are out there that um, you know people don't know about um, I know I don't want to leave it on a somber note, so I'm not going to bring up that we'll talk about that later. Uh, but I mean, Griffey, in my opinion, was probably one of my favorite players uh, outside of Don Mattingly. I would definitely put him up in in the top like five.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. One thing I didn't touch on, Griffey, and we'll close with this: <laughs> Do you know he has? Six hundred thirty home runs. Yep. Ranked sixth all time. Yep. Do you know? Actually, excuse me. He's ranked seventh all time. Do you know who is in front of him?
0: I could look it up, but I'm going to let you tell me. Willie Mays. And ain't it weird that they both wear the number twenty four?
1: Number twenty four. Ah, gives you goosebumps, doesn't it? <laughs> 24 24 one of the best numbers in baseball wonder when that one's gonna end up being retired it it will happen soon i I have a feeling so so how'd you feel about the new format it went good, man. It went good. I, I enjoyed it. Lots of good information, good things to learn, good things to talk about. And I mean, that's one of the things, you know, we get to educate ourselves on these on these past and present players and teams and, and all that good stuff in between. So it's, it was a lot of fun, man. I enjoyed it. How about you?
0: I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, learned, learned, I think get talked about nearly as much as other uh, teams out there. Um, I hope that we get to do something like this on a more frequent basis. Um, And if there's people out there that want to contribute and like, let us know how it, how it sounded and what you thought of the format uh, definitely head us off. Let us know Um, if you're listening to us right now on Spotify or Apple podcasts, you know, subscribe to the channel or subscribe to the podcast. Give us a review uh, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. Just like leave us something. Let us know how we're doing. If we're doing bad and you think we're doing bad, let us know so that we can improve. Um, other
1: than that, dude, I have nothing else. I think it was a great show. I think that's a perfect you know, way to end the show. So I think we'll end it right here. I think it was it was a lot of fun. We'll definitely do this again next week. So be sure to tune in. Like Brad said, subscribe to the show on on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast. But that's going to do it for us, guys. We thoroughly appreciate it. And we will talk to you guys next week. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes, happy Thanksgiving to all those that are listening out there. Don't eat too much turkey or pie. Or if you do, then take a long nap.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of The Rip Griffin Show. Make sure to subscribe to the show on all the major podcast platforms. Follow Rip on Twitter at RipGriffin2.